Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation and Anime Initiative, our anime-focused segment of the podcast. I am your Comic Book Nation host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today I have the crack comic book anime team, headed up by Megan Peters. Hello. And her all-star team, Evan Valentine. Hey, everybody. Not to be confused with old Ralph Boner himself, Evan Peters, and Nick Valdez (laughs) is back with us. Howdy, everybody. <laughs> Man, um, guys, we launched this segment, and I thought it was going to be like a chill thing. I was like, okay, we'll just week to week talk some anime. You know, that'll be great. And then, uh, you know, the uh, who is really starting to hit the fan over here? We started to uh, see things turn up almost immediately. It's like that uh, Ron Burgundy gif. Uh, things are escalating very quickly. And so we were just coming on today to discuss Avatar, The Last Airbender's live-action Netflix series, but there's more to talk about. And so much so that already this spinoff segment we've created, we can't even we can't even fill it with everything we need to talk about. <laughs> so we're going to talk today about Avatar, The Last Airbender, live-action, this Naruto movie news that broke in the middle of us doing a million things on Friday. And uh, somewhere along this week, we're going to talk about Shogun. So let's get to program notes at the beginning. We are Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. And we have many new segments. Uh, We're going with anime initiative for anime. We have gaming with quick stop, the poll list for comics. And every week we are doing all of this, plus our live show, which kind of brings it all together every Friday. So this week we got a lot to cover. We got Shogun, we got Halo, we got to talk about everything we're going to talk about today, big new comics. So make sure you subscribe to our podcast feeds. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartMedia. And subscribe to the Comic Book Nation YouTube, the Comic Book YouTube page, and Twitter pages as well. All right, let's uh, let's get into it. Guys, we are here. It is the fabled day, Avatar The Last Airbender. Netflix series. Um, Netflix pulled one off with uh, One Piece. Then we're going to continue these big, highly anticipated, or highly, I don't even know, hot topic <laughs> anime <laughs> ad- Yeah, I mean, hot button, like, anticipated. That, that's uh, your, your door I, feel like as soon as, yeah. I feel like as soon as I start to say one thing, I remember there's like this whole other camp of people who were like, no. Like, <laughs> no highly anticipated welcome to anime. Dreading. Welcome, yeah. Yeah. welcome yeah, to anime totally, and animation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's totally fair to say it was anticipated, though. Like, yeah, because... Uh, sure. yeah, 
after, especially after One Piece, right? Like these things, you know, we've had rough examples, but we've also had recently just had a great example. So I really think that helped amped up like what people were feeling about this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we just got to kind of like break it down essentially. So yes, it, it is here. Netflix's Avatar <laughs> Last Airbender is out. I'm excited to talk about it. I was able to watch the show very early. So I have been keeping all of these uh, thoughts bottled up within myself. Uh, but now I get to talk with it about all my lovely friends here. Because um, obviously when it comes to live action anime and anime animation adaptations, the first thing we need to say is, was the initial reaction like what, what what is your gut instinct about it is it good is it awful is it just kind of meh uh and i i i, I mean I'm, I'm sticking to it my review for comic.com you can read it stand by it i signed it i gave it four out of five stars i felt that uh it was, it was pretty good i i watched it twice through willingly uh i think it is definitely different it is definitely, let me stress that, definitely different <laughs> from the original uh, series that you may or may not be familiar with if you've seen uh, the animated Avatar show. But I feel like this, the series, has a lot of promise. There's a lot of nitpicky granular things we can talk about as we move through this segment of the podcast. But yeah, overall, I gave it, I gave it a thumbs up. Okay, uh, this is a good time to say we are, this is, I mean, we put it in the title, but I know people sometimes just click the button and jump in, but we are talking spoilers for Avatar The Last Airbender. It's been out since last week, and it's time to kind of get into the nitty gritty of all this. So just, this is it. This is your spoiler warning. We are talking about this series in its entirety, or at least those of us who have made it through it. So Evan, how are you feeling? Because uh, you were taking some bets before we started here on where everybody was going to land. But conspicuously, I mean, I mean, I we got to see how you actually ended up in all this because you were the one praying the rest of us here. Ooh, I've been waiting, Kofi. I've been waiting. Um, so the funny thing is that uh, I've really, I've really been ruminating on the show since I finished it this weekend, and I would go a little lower than Megan's rating. I would give it a seven out of ten, um, and it's it's which isn't a lot lower than an eight out of ten. Obviously, I think that there are some things that this this is gonna get this is gonna get some heat. I think that there are some things. There's one or two scenes. The, in this live action adaptation that work better for me than the original oh, anime. No, that's oh, no, true. Don't, oh, no, oh, it's no. true. No, 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 don't <laughs> it's say so that. Right? Everything Piazzo. Woo! Yes. Here we go. Uh, so, so, and this, <laughs> sorry, this, this, this goes into my, this goes into my, when, when you talk about the strengths and weaknesses of this Netflix series, this goes into one of my critiques is that I feel that in this live action adaptation, whenever they do things, for me personally, whenever they did things that were outside of the original story, they benefited from it. And when mm-hmm. they tried to hold true to the original source material in a lot of ways, they kind of suffered a little more for it, which is kind of where I landed in my seven to ten, seven out of ten. And one of my absolute favorite scenes from this uh, live action series is... Um, the funeral scene of Iroh's. Oh God, don't um, talk about it. I'll cry. <laughs> uh, they, that is a scene that was not in the original um, animated series, but it's one that show it perfectly encapsulates the inner struggle of Zuko's 
uh, his allegiance to the Fire Nation and his father versus the man that he's trying to secretly kind of become. And uh, that bit of characterization, that scene in particular, kind of kind of shows where the showrunners kind of could have taken this. I think that like when you look at live action adaptations in general, you're really walking a tightrope because you have to, if you stick too closely to the source material, then it feels like you're just doing a complete rehash. Um, but if you change things too much, a lot of fans will be like, oh, why did you change this? It worked perfectly in the original one. Uh, you have to find that good balance. And I feel like with stuff like that, the, the focus on the Fire Nation more, great, great decision. The Air Nation stuff at the beginning, also a great decision. Wasn't in the original animated series. Um, but yeah, those parts of it worked for me. There were other parts that didn't work so well, which I think kind of goes to like dialogue and the exposition stuff where they have to like retread like yeah. us us yeah. as fans. That's that's kind of one of the things that I'd love to throw to everybody else on the podcast is the idea that like we're so us, you know, us on the podcast, obviously we've rewatched Avatar the Last Airbender a number of times in our lives. And I think that I would love to hear the uh, the critiques of people who have never seen the original animated series and they just saw this and oh, Kofi, oh, oh, Kofi, oh, yeah, hey, perfect. oh, yeah, yeah well, then, Kofi, yeah, we can. <laughs> All right, let's just, yeah, I was just gonna, yeah, I was gonna wait till the end and let everybody cook first, but like, like, let's get this out of the way. Um, Oh, all right. So here's the deal. Uh, <laughs> said this main comic book nation podcast. I don't hide this. I don't, I don't really F with Avatar The Last Airbender. I've tried four times to get into the animated series, including when it was airing on Nickelodeon, and I can never do it. I can't do it. I, I don't, I don't know. I've tried to jump in with Legend of Korra, can't do it. I just, there's something about this series in me that just never connect. And I, I'm going to say that before coming on here, I, I'm trying to give more of these episodes a chance, but I, I really couldn't go on much after the first one because I think the like the first chapter, the first episode of Avatar: The Last Airbender, might be one of the worst first episodes I think I've ever watched in in the history of my fandom. Like, <laughs> I've watched it now five times, four times in animation, once in live action, and every time it just makes me stop in my tracks and be like. This is so silly as hell, and I can't do it. Like, <laughs> there's so many reasons why. Uh, I, I just can't so, take plucky kid characters. Like, there's just a lot about it. But I'm, I'm, ugh, I'm trying to like power through and keep going with this series. To look, see. everybody's got, everybody's got their thing. It looks like Nick has has something to say. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning 
Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Oh, man, no. Nick's dying over there. I'm no, sorry. No, so, let let yeah, go. So, so speaking to Kofi's point about it being silly, like that's kind of the whole deal. You know, one of the, the original aspects of what made the Nickelodeon series hit so hard was that it was, you know, we went in thinking it was going to be another wacky Nickelodeon animated series. And then it started episodically. It started building up. And then you're like, oh, there's something here. This is a fun kid adventure then as it continued to evolve you're like oh there's something more here there's something deeper and the character started evolving and then by book three when it's fully aged you know you feel you felt that experience because you grew alongside the show itself so because of like because of that i'm not exactly like beholden to the animated work either that's the other thing i will say that setting my table for my response to this whole thing i Going into this live action series, kept an open mind. Um, I was ready for it. My one thing, my big take right off the bat is I do agree with Kofi. The first episode is really bad. Like it's in terms of like, not only as a production, I really wish this show had about like six more months to a year to cook more so that not only do the like actors get more time to like kind of adjust to the script, but so that they could actually fine tune the script because there's so much exposition. There's so much like telling us things that we need to know. We need, Oh, you got to know this. This is going to be super important. And it's just, there's a, so much of that in here that despite all of its attempts to be this more grounded, more game of Thronesy like series, it still has that kid aspect of like written for children, like written down instead of the original series where like it was able to succeed because it's surprised because it wasn't writing down because it was animated. And it's that, it's that aspect of adapting an animated show that, when it's translated to live action, that's when it hurts it. Because when you treat the animated product as something lesser than just because it's animated, like, oh, we could, there's a better, there's a bigger and more intense story here. We could elevate it through live action. No, you can't. Like, you clearly can't. Because, you know, when you look at the cosplay level costumes and stuff that I really wish there was more time to cook and to weather the outfits a bit, to weather looks, to make them seem more grounded and to make it seem like an actual lived in world, that's when it would succeed. But here it's something that's half baked. It's fine. Like I don't hate it, but I also like it much less than Evan and Mega did. And I do mm -hmm. like it more than Kofi. I will say I didn't outright hate it. I did finish it, but it's also, it's just kind of there. And that's unfortunate because Avatar you know, it's become such a huge franchise. Like the best thing from this live action sh show is the fact that we're getting an entire animated universe now. So thanks to this show, we're getting more of the good stuff. So I guess that's where I'll end my like opening statement as long as it was. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's kind of wind this back a bit. We've talked about our initial reactions and we're going to talk about in a second what the show did right. Like, what did it do that was faithful? But first, let's let's hit upon some of these points, transitioning from what Nick said. What did it not do right? What, what are the failings of this show? And I think Ooh. 
really the the biggest <laughs> failing that I have as both somebody who watched it from the perspective of a fan and somebody who watched it as, you know, I watched this with my husband having it early. He's never seen Avatar. He's watching it now because he loved this live action series. And now he's watching the animated series. And he's he is seeing the differences, but he still just really likes both of them. So coming in, seeing both of those perspectives, I'll say the biggest failing I saw on both sides of that perspective is the writing. The writing is so weak in terms of both exposition and dialogue and the characterization of, you know, having characters emotionally kind of react to stuff. You know, a lot of people I have seen that do not like the series necessarily who are fans of the original show, you know, point to characters like Katara and Aang and are saying, you know, they don't have that kind of, you know, liveliness, kind of spunk and attitude that you see in the animated series, and to which I say they weren't given that material in the script to act that out. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure they would have if they were given those lines. (laughs) They just were never kind of given that opportunity. Um, It's it's very much the same way I feel about people who, you know, talk about Henry Cavill and Superman. You know, it's it's a lot of the material that they were given (laughs) um, that they they have to work within those confines. Uh, So, and you know, in my review, it's a lot of the writing that kind of boils down to the kind of weird tonality shifts we get and the characterization for me, the biggest failing of the series is most definitely the writing. And I really would have loved to have seen, um, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more work in that regard. Yeah. Like, I, like, oh, sorry, I, I no, 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 good. I was just going to say, adding on to the Ang being wacky part, we hear Ang in the first episode telling Appa out loud, I love hanging out and goofing off with my friends. And it's like, cool, I wish we would have saw that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, I think for me, there's a lot more showing and not telling. And I feel like the difference between, I had never seen One Piece or read One Piece before the Netflix series either. Mm-hmm. That made me a convert because it did, I feel like this in, in some levels is, I mean, I think this is much better than the Shyamalan movie. Let's just put that out. To the reviews yeah, that are saying way. otherwise. <laughs> yeah. They're strung out. I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> I mean, that one, the bending, all the craziness, at least this one makes bending exciting. It, it kind of gathers mm-hmm. it. I think that cosplay is a good word. The difference yes. between yeah. one piece and this is, this is a fateful recreation of the anime, but it's almost done like a, a fan film where you're, you're just taking the material from the anime. And yes, the writing rearranges or streamlines some things or to condense the 20 odd episodes of the first book down into what, eight hours of TV or whatever it is. And so I get that part of it. But one piece, they I mean, the director's everybody kind of went in and we're like, we can't just recreate the story. We have got to recreate like the aesthetic, the spirit that, that je ne sais quoi of the anime that makes it wacky. And like in this unique world. And they did that with all the crazy. And if you go on comicbook.com anime, these guys have broken it down, all the crazy visual tricks, all the things they pioneered to make that the shots of that show be so unique and feel like you were in an anime world. Like they, they nailed all of those aesthetics and the characters too. I feel like this one, they gave these poor little actors who 
you know, child actors can only do so much. And, and I was listening to some other podcasts about this and it's like, yeah, you pick any person we now think is like great, right? From the Michael B. Jordans to the Goslings. And you and they all have like, if you go back and look at them younger, it's pretty funny just to see, you know, how much they're just trying to read lines and do all that because they're child actors. So I think Megan's right in the sense that they needed to do more. They needed to let these kids cook more. They needed to let them, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Madam Webb a little bit and just like let them cook in a room together, just, you know, talking and ad-libbing as their characters. And at least that movie had that part right, right? Like the three girls could, you know, banter and do a bunch of stuff together and yeah, like at least keep scenes moving. And instead of them just feeling like, I feel like these kids could barely talk to each other if it wasn't written into the original show and then yeah. handed it to them. Yeah, in here's a script. the thing that's frustrating. If you watch their press tour that they've done together in the past like two months, all those all the kids, all the people who play Katara, Aang, Sokka, Zuko, they get on so well. They act really as a group. Their dynamic is really reflective of the original animated series. And every time I would cover, you know, an interview for work, I would say, Well, why why was this not written into the show? They have yeah. some great chemistry. Where'd it go? Yeah, did they, like, speaking to this, like, did they actually have a scene where they all kind of got to just play around that's not focused on moving the story forward? Because that's that's the problem with the adaptation, too. Like, it has to cram in. I mean, doesn't have to, quote-unquote, right? Like, cram in the entire first season of the original animated show. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of the big beats. But there aren't any, like, I don't remember a time where they were able to just have a scene with the Aang gang actually getting to spend time as a gang yeah, not to be honest not really and i'll say there one of the interesting things about this is that you know when you look at the full run of what netflix produced versus the full run of the book one of the animated series netflix's show had more time it is it is longer than book one of the animated series it has it had more time to flesh out those beats but as we've discussed you know this show does expand on certain elements it adds things that i think that are in service to the aesthetic that this show has chosen to go with because it is a very different aesthetic it's for a different audience and that is how i view this um it's just so wild to me how the writing and the pacing just ended up you know shifting to such a degree that you know it really makes it clear that this is not supposed to be you know you know the show that we saw with book one in the animated series you know that version very fun very goofy really focused on the friendship and the bond first and then it put the story second uh this one that we just watched with Netflix is very story centric in this book, even though Aang doesn't really do like any water bending, you know, here, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> you know what? I kept waiting. I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What perspective I, I wanted was to their touch... friend on this. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I mean, from the, for, I mean, there is something to the fact that the, the, cause I've watched it so many times. The first episode of the animated series is such a tight perspective, right? Yeah. You know, about, you know, about, you know, Katara and Soka, and then you get Ang, and that's about it. Like that's yeah. all you really get. Right. You don't know much about this world beyond that, except the stories that you're hearing, and then like right. it expands from there. Going big with the entire mythos and just throwing benders at us at the beginning and stuff, like instantly, kind of, yeah, like you said, it, it does that. It changes things dynamically. Yeah, my um, review. I said if you can get through the first thirty minutes 
pretend that doesn't really exist and watch episode one, <laughs> the rest of it, with episode two as the actual first episode, it feels a little bit better paced. So, oh, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm still not a huge fan of how we got to go through the the genocide of the airbender nation you know and the fire nation i thought it really showed how awesome the airbenders were we never really got to see that kind of full reflectivity in the animated series um but just pacing wise i was like mm, this this really puts us in an awkward position it's not starting us in media rest it's not starting us in the middle of this action we're going back we're very I'm yeah it was it was it was, it was a choice and I think it did set up an aesthetic. You know, a lot of people are, whether right or wrong, comparing the aesthetic of this show to Game of Thrones, you know, in terms of how gritty it is. I, I think that's a mistake. <laughs> but it's just kind of the low-hanging fruit to, to knock on. Um, but yeah, I think I think just at the, at the core of it, the biggest issue I have is with the writing. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I think I think that one of the things that's really tough about adapting Avatar The Last Airbender to me is that I think we can kind of most Avatar fans can kind of agree that like book one is a little weaker than book two and three. I think yes. that like oh yeah, correct. Yeah, I, I mean I mean so it's like when you're when you're introducing this and you're in because the first thing that uh to kind of add to add to Kofi's introduction to Avatar The Last Airbender, the first episode I ever watched that got me into the show was the season two finale. And mm -hmm. the, I just started I'd watched that and the level of characterization and the bending and everything that came together with that had me hooked and was like, I gotta watch this from the beginning and see how they come to this point. Um, and I also, one of the, one of the biggest weaknesses that I had to touch upon with the show that everybody kind of talked a little bit about is yes, cosplay. Oh my God, dude, the, um, the, there were moments where, uh, especially when Aang met his former selves, I thought Kiyoshi looked amazing. What they did with Kiyoshi was great. Mm -hmm. Um, the previous Fire Nation bender and his name escapes me at the moment, um, Roku? where it was clear. Yeah, Roku, yeah, like where yeah. it was kind of clear that his hair was glued to his face. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just look at Yue, right? Yeah, yeah. Just look mm. at I Princess mean, Yue. That's the one so, thing, hot take. The wig from Shyamalan's movie for her was better. Yeah, <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Whoa, that's, wow. That's, right. so, so that's Did the thing. I, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about that wig the entire two episodes she was in. Like I was kind of distracted <laughs> by it, right? It's and, hard. But that's the thing. I kind of almost give it credit because that's, the you know, while I say the cosplay aspect of it is definitely a knock, you know, I do give credit to the production team for working with what they had. Mm -hmm. 
I just wish they had a longer time. Like it, it's mm-hmm. definitely like, I really think they commissioned a fan or some artist out there who's made the UA wig before to get it looking that good. So that that's the thing. While it's a knock, I do appreciate that it at least looked as good as it did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when compared to, you know, when you synthetic versus real and getting into the yeah. whole conversation on that end, it's the Shyamalan one did look better. But also when you look maybe those visuals in terms of production design and costuming, probably looked better overall i maybe i think maybe that's where people say the Shyamalan one was better maybe mm. but that's probably giving it too much credit but so. it, I think, <laughs> well i think we've had enough time of kind of pointing out the flaws of avatar because as i stated mm-hmm. at the beginning of the show i really enjoyed watching avatar so oh I yeah was, there were good things right yeah yeah definitely has its share of good things i mean i'll watch tomatoes it keeps wavering between like 59 and 60 percent with critic reviews but for the most part fans on rotten tomatoes and online the the, the consensus has been it's a little weak but it's got a lot of potential and that's so, where i wanted to yeah. go from this like let's, let's talk about the reason the yeah the reason i'm powering through this is because while I'm, I, I, you know, I was put off by the fact that the first episode was so much like just a recreation of an episode I didn't already like multiple times. Um, it didn't feel like it pulled me into Avatar. Like, I don't want to go back and watch the animated series yet. Mm-hmm. Second episode's growing on me, but it's just like, I, I know to get through this because I've heard so many times and I've seen snippets of book two and book three that look much more exciting. Like, yeah. When this point when these go from being plucky kids to child soldiers, like that's kind of the story I think I would lock into more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know those are I know Netflix is gonna invest in this at least to get to the end of book. I mean, to do three seasons. Like, why wouldn't you? If you yeah. know that the stronger stuff is that is coming, I feel like you can just like Halo, which we're covering now on uh, you know, comic book nations, quick save. Second season, you get some things, you get some new creators in there. You just kind of really focus on the problems that you had in Mm -hmm. trying to strengthening up. It can make a huge difference. And I think, yeah, once this cast is more confident, once they realize, oh, maybe we can dirty up the costumes a little bit and and not everything has to be like, hey, you're looking at an avatar costume and like, you know, going so cosplay with it. And once we allow the show to actually breathe a little bit more and have its own originality and space for like a scene of like Team Ang just goofing off in a mm-hmm. new way that we haven't seen scripted in the animated series, I think you have a much better second season coming at you. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. I'm investing in the future of what this can be. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean we've talked a lot about the failings, but we also in that talked a lot about the good things. You know, the bending looks sick. The bending, yeah. the choreography, yeah. it looks so good i know looking at appa looking at momo looking at you know the the base of what they're trying to do with the costumes and bringing you know some of these characters to life uh i mean it just looks it looks good it Mm -hmm. looks like it is an authentic kind of reimagining of what the avatar world can and should be um i'm with kofi i absolutely think that you know, moving forward, you know, they can address the things that we pointed out as failings to fix in season two to make it even stronger. I mean, we know that, you know, the Book of Earth has a ton of content, not just Toph. I'm the biggest Toph fan. I'm so excited. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Uh, but I think that absolutely there is enough here and enough response. And obviously it has done excellent numbers on Netflix for Avatar to move forward into the future. Uh 
what I want it to continue doing is some sick bending. I don't know about y'all, mm-hmm. but anything with Zuko, oh, so good. I was a little disappointed so- with the water bending. That's harder to do because it's more of a kind of wushu style. But Zuko, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely wanted to shout out Dallas see you as yeah. as Zuko. There's this one moment in uh in like early on in the show where he's like, he ran that I was like, oh, that's so Zuko. You know, that's like <laughs> it's just one of those things where like he Wow, this he, seems to be this is so weirdly like the like the the um, the Rorschach diagram of the show is like in that line. I've heard people it has become infamous either because people are like, oh my god, this kid knows Zuko, or people are like what the hell is this? Like, what oh, is this no, line? that's that's, that's sassy Zuko. Zuko. Like, it's perfect. Like, oh, yeah, anyone, sassy yeah, Zuko. It's, so yeah, good. yeah. Like, once we get the Zuko who gets to like play around and actually have emotions more so than just being like destroyed by his father and destroyed by the world. Like, book right. two Zuko is where you know, and that's the thing. The exciting thing, like leading exactly what you've all been saying already, is that book two is where it really starts going and where we start seeing the extra layer of the characters start to unfold. And that's where this series can succeed. And this is what I'm hoping for also, because there are the building blocks are there. Not great right right now. There are a lot of issues like I don't I don't agree with showing the airbending palace getting massacred and stuff like that because there's a whole thing about where the series ends and how it lines up but i you know i'm i'm here for season two as much as i'm sitting here going i didn't like it so much i'm gonna be here watching it i mean yeah for work but also for (laughs) me i mean hone in on what they did especially with the blue spirit was amazing everything Mm. everything that they did with zuko and ang and the blue spirit was so good and also Aang's travels through the spirit world. I thought those were excellent, excellent takes that were faithful, but also reimaginative. So I want them to lean into those elements that they brought to life in season one and bring that forward. Uh, and and that's kind of that that's kind of a good segue into one of the things that I really dug, um, which was the idea, the more dedication to the Fire Nation in general. The um, you right. know when it when it comes to I thought that this is another blasphemous thing, but I liked I liked Daniel Day Kim's take on the Fire Lord better than. Uh, oh, you mean Mark Daddy Hamm. Ozai? Yeah, Daddy, yeah. Okay. Daddy, Daddy okay. Ozai. I liked him better than if you guys if you guys remember Mark Hamill voiced the uh, Fire Lord in the original animated series, oh, yeah. and I thought Daniel Day Kim did an excellent job of creating this amazing villain. Uh, one of the things that I had always kind of wondered before this, when uh, showrunner Albert Kim was kind of talking about the changes that they'd make to include more stuff with the Fire Nation in general that hadn't been there, was the was put giving more screen time to Azula and uh, having her being more of a part without necessarily changing the trajectory of Aang and his friends in this. And I thought they did that really well in terms of building up the menace that is Azula while seamlessly moving her to have a bit of a bigger role in the shadows in terms Mm. of the things that she was, the strings that she was pulling, 
the different things like the influence that her father has on her right uh, yeah yeah and different things like that like especially like the the build-up of the the lightning bending and stuff and like being able to the the blue lightning coming out at certain times um I thought that they did that stuff really well. And um, if they could kind of continue that trajectory where they're able to focus more on the presenting more of the villains rather than having, you know, Ozai being just a emperor kind of character who only is a threat at the very end of the show, like the animated series. I think they kind of did a good thing here mm-hmm. where they have him a little more front and center. So yeah. I thought, um, yeah, yeah, that was good. Well, I think. We can all agree. It's definitely worth checking out whether or not you've seen the original series before. This one is definitely uh, a reimagined version and, it, and it's kind of up for you to decide. But overall, reviews are pretty solid. I'll just say for season two, uh, Netflix knows kids grow up quick. Uh, we all watch Stranger Things. <laughs> uh, so they better hurry up because Gordon Cormier, I think he's, uh, I don't know, but I mean, he's he's a very young actor, child star. So like he's going to shoot up like a weed eventually they gotta they gotta they gotta go quick he's gonna get it'll, it'll that'll that'll work for book three i think um <laughs> if they're able to i mean <laughs> i mean you know when when he's taller than Sokka, maybe not we're gonna but, have you know. an issue <laughs> yeah that's all i can say hurry up, it's hurry me up yeah. <laughs> i'm here to save the world <laughs> <laughs> You won't, he won't need any voice Puberty effects for the Avatar state, you know. Yeah. I know. Oh my gosh. Puberty is going to be uh, the biggest threat to this series for sure. Honestly. <laughs> it's drifting in puberty. There we go. Yep. <laughs> oh, all right. So I think we've taken this apart. Is there anything else you guys want to get into? And for those of you who finish it, anything you want to get to about the ending or anything like that? Before we move on and talk some I Naruto, mean, there is a—I mean, there is a, a post credits. Like mm. it, it counts because it's like there's a title card, and then we get a post credits that yeah. clearly has a big cliffhanger for season two. And fans of the original series, you know, Sozin's comment—it's it, mentioned in the premiere, which is also why I didn't like the whole Air Nation attack. I'm like, you—you know, yeah. you literally have the the fire general guy going, "Oh, well, we're more powerful because we have the comment," and it's like, okay. Yeah, All so right, when he did. gets to the end and it says, so is this comment's coming back, and Ozai's <laughs> like, what, excuse me, Daddy Ozai is like, yeah, great, this is great. You know, yeah. it kind of takes out the, the, the There's no mystery. Yeah, there's no mystery to that. Yeah, I and, know, and that's, but, that's the shame. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see how that works out. But yeah, give me more. I'm invested. Let me add it. All right, that is our spoiler review of Avatar The Last Airbender from our hit anime team here at Comic Book. We are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we got to talk about this Naruto movie news that dropped and what's going on with that. Stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Welcome back to Comic Book Nation's Anime Initiative, our anime manga focus segment. We just got done breaking down Avatar, The Last Airbender's live action Netflix series in full spoilers. So if you missed that, please give a rewind and uh, check out everything we had to say about that. For the second half of the show, guys, we got to talk about some news that broke Friday. We were busy. We were in the middle of everything. Nobody, I think, saw this coming unless you guys happen to have anime insights that we don't. But uh, we're getting a Naruto live action movie. And let's just start at the beginning about what we know, because some people may still be catching up on some of this. So we're getting a live action Naruto movie. It's from Lionsgate Pictures. And already attached to write, direct, and produce is Shang-Chi in the Ten Rings director, uh, Daniel, Destin Daniel Cretton. I always want to put the Daniel first in my head. Uh, <laughs> have we had any updates? Because I really just took the weekend off to uh, get my head right. But have we had any updates since then? Or is that still just basically yeah, the that is That's still the main story. So for people who haven't followed the saga of the Naruto's live action history, uh, a movie has been in the works for Naruto in Hollywood for years now. I mean, yeah. it's been a long time. It's been one of those projects like Akira that, you know, would keep getting you know, announced Naruto live action film happening and then nothing for like years. You wouldn't hear any update and it would just fade into obscurity. Uh, so this is our latest round. Uh, it seems a little bit beefier than uh, of, of an announcement than we've gotten before. Uh, not only do we have kind of a confirmed, you know, director, writer, producer attached to the project with, you know, Destin Daniel Critton, who is obviously uh, best known currently or most recently for Shang-Chi, but has kind of a wide uh, history of, uh, of films under his belt. Um, but the series creator of Naruto commented on this, which is definitely new. Normally when people would kind of license Naruto, it was kind of without any context, uh, you know, discussed really. Um, but Masashi Kishimoto, the creator of Naruto, did uh, release a full statement saying that, you know, he watched Shang-Chi and realized that Critton would be a great director for a live action adaptation of naruto and that the two did meet they met in japan they talked a bunch about what the vision of this movie could be and by the end of that discussion kishimoto absolutely gave his blessing so that in itself is unusual we don't always see that kind of uh you know blessing handed upon i mean you can look to uh you know like the most recent Cowboy Bebop live action. Uh, Shinichiro Watanabe, the creator of Cowboy Bebop, has very much distanced himself Ooh. from that adaptation. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Akira Toriyama with Dragon Ball Evolution, rest in peace, you know? <laughs> that it's, it's that same thing. So the fact that we have Kishimoto's uh, comment kind of endorsing this live action adaptation is a little bit more weight behind this than, than we would normally see from an adaptation. But yeah. Uh, so far, we we just know uh, Critton's involved, and yeah, Lionsgate is is tackling this. Yeah, so it's... for me, I am, you know, pessimistically going to be like, all right, well, I, I will enjoy not hearing about this movie for five years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, you know, Kishimoto giving his blessing is huge. Like Megan said, because the last time that happened we got one piece you know Oda oh, was yeah, like, we did yeah 
yeah, mm-hmm. Oda was like, I, you know, I'll give my full blessing to these creative teams. And they worked on it for several years and we got one piece. So it all, that one worked out, you know, compared to, you know, when you no, compare it, it to Bebop. Yeah, you, you know, you compare that to Bebop, you compare that to Avatar, where the creators were just like distant from it. So, you know, it's a good sign so far. And what I just have to add to this on top of the also agreeing with Megan that we're not seeing this for like 10 years, but when it does happen, I do worry that we're getting like, uh, you know, we're getting an Avatar The Last Airbender movie situation where we have to get a huge chunk of the story in a two hour, maybe 90 minute plus thing. And that's that's probably where the big issue is going to come up. I'm I'm going to be way more i think i'm going to be way more optimistic than most of <laughs> we love it we need optimism on, I think yeah. I, on this oh, okay program. so so <laughs> number number one i loved shang chi i think that it was one of my favorite movies of the mcu post endgame um i think that there were problems with the third act in terms of the big dragon cg extravaganza but i think like with the heart of the the di- uh, the dynamic between father and son, as well as just the martial arts and the choreography that were all throughout that movie. Yeah, this dude seems like the perfect fit for Naruto in that regard. But I'm going to throw a curveball at folks who might not have thought of this. There was a little movie that Critton had created long before, well, maybe not long, but a couple years before Shang-Chi had come out. And it's one of the things that attracted Marvel Studios to him. Uh, and luckily I had seen this. It's actually a movie called Short Term 12. Uh, And that Mm -hmm. that movie specifically focuses on troubled teenagers. And I don't know about you guys, but when I think of Naruto, I think of (laughs) troubled troubled teenagers. teenagers That's what the movie's about. It's about troubled teenagers who can also clone themselves using shadow clone jutsu. Uh, So I think that like he kind of seems like if you're going to go with any Hollywood director on this, who's going to actually be able to make a live action Naruto, I think that um, really Cretton's your best bet. And I think that like I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I think that like he has all of the workings. I think that if Hollywood is smart, they'll do the same thing that they did with Netflix's One Piece, which is you give Kishimoto for Naruto, you give him an executive producer role. And you have him working on the day-to-day stuff where people are have to run decisions through him and they have to kind of create. I know that there's a lot of stuff to cover. There would be a ton of stuff to cover if this movie were like two hours. But I think you could do it where you kind of focus on the Genin exams. Uh, tune in exams? Genin exams? No, tune in. Yeah, tuning would be way too much. Like the, oh that's the gosh. problem. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, the, I mean, the the best parts people remember of Naruto to this day are the tuning exams and the Sasuke yeah. retrieval arc, right? But yeah, when you, yeah. You know, so when you think of the stuff before that, it's you know it was the weaker material that Kishimoto well, I mean, we was kind of building up. with the mist arc. I mean, that was a pretty you know that was a pretty formidable thing. You know, the first Kakashi uh, Team Seven mm-hmm. mission out uh, out on the town. You know, we can meet Haku and cry terribly um i mean that that's really the question now is you know this is a movie this isn't a tv series one piece had the luxury of spanning a whole season with netflix that made it you know a very well-paced had great writing attached to it 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 had that opportunity to breathe and to give us exposition and to show and to tell uh it's it's so much harder to do that in a movie um you know we we will obviously find out more information but 
my thing is, is how and where do we start? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because let's, was, like, yeah. let's be honest, Sasuke and Sakura and to a degree Naruto are really unlikable characters when Naruto first begins. <laughs> like, yeah. Because they, yeah. they grow into it. Like, they're supposed to do that. So yeah, I'm so curious. <laughs> And it's so dated with the times too, because you know the the original manga came out like over twenty something years ago. Oh, and yeah. when you read it today, you're like, oh man, some of these jokes are like, oh no. So right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm gonna have to worry about this for a while. But live action sexy no jutsu, that's getting at a PG thirteen rating <laughs> minimum. <laughs> if even that happens, that's the thing, right? It's like yeah. how how rambunctious do you make Naruto? What age do you make Naruto? What well, like, that's what yeah what what's, yeah, what's kind of the, the error two, to jump into right immediately the two biggest questions for this are can you because it's not just the story you have to create an entirely famous new kind of physics and aesthetic to this movie universe which is ninjutsu and their jutsu mm. forms how that all works the running the kind of the speed warping like all of that has to be part of this and distinctly different from other live actions. Like we can't have, you know, there's a bunch of martial arts movies, you know, Ninja Assassin, there's, you know, the rate, there's a ton of these things that can't feel like this. This is its own world. It has to feel just like one piece. This has to feel first and foremost, like Naruto and the Shinobi world. Great so there's point. that getting that, getting that aesthetic down. Cause I mean, how many people do the, I mean, the backwards running, I've even convinced my kid to do that. You know, like <laughs> everybody knows this stuff. These are signatures and, and how Naruto moves are some of the most, it's as iconic as Dragon Ball with its, you know, Saiyan forms. You got TikToks of people doing power-ups and you got TikToks of people trying to mimic Naruto ninja movements and things like that. So mm -hmm. you got to nail that, number one. Yeah. And then the second point, as you guys have said, is where do you get the entry point? I agree that there is something here and I didn't, it wasn't until I heard the movie idea that I was like, oh, this is going to be weird. But then I was like, oh, I see. And I think Destin Daniel Crichton, because like you said, he did a lot with like teen angst, like, you know, troubled mm -hmm. kids on a very serious level. And again, raising a five-year-old son right now and a daughter, like, but specifically the son, like there is a whole thing with these COVID babies that is, you know, significant. There's a lot of these kids who there's just a time where they've been, you know, we pulled them out of the world and we're like, everything's dangerous, everything's crazy. And then we're trying to send them back <laughs> in. And they're so they have they're so socially behind because of that period. And I can tell you, like, first and foremost, it's like trying to get them to figure out because we stuck them in houses and we're like, just watch stuff here for a year. Don't go near people. That's terrible. Like, just watch stuff. And now <laughs> we're battling like collectively in schools and as parents, like this sense that they have of themselves and how they can't fit back into the world. And that's becoming like a whole issue. So there mm -hmm. is something in a Naruto movie that is for this generation that will be, you know, the, the core of it in the core of that story is him being this outsider, right. Who has to worry about himself being a monster, having a literal monster inside of him and everybody being like, don't go near that ninja over there. Like he's got a monster in him. Like, you know, there's a little joke in there for anybody who gets it. But anybody, <laughs> anyway, like, don't go near him because he's got a monster and what that does to you as a person and what you do to try to fit into a family and your team and what they mean to you. And, you know, Naruto even overcoming Sasuke with his friendship. And you got to kind of try to pick a story from somewhere in this whole saga 
that really is a pivotal one for that. It has to do with, you know, Naruto in training, even if dry is in it, you know, what is he learning? What's his friendship with Sake and um, uh, Sakura? I always got her name wrong, uh, man. Anyway. And um, in like him and Kurama and like what all goes on there and how does that all culminate in something heroic where it doesn't solve everything, but we, we have hope that Naruto is, you know, going to have potentially chance for a brighter future that we get to see in a sequel. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. 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 And speaking to that too, uh, Eddie Rimmon uh, asks a very good question, actually, like, should like, what kind of casting should this? Oh, I'm, and, oh, I'm out of that. No, <laughs> I can, I can speak to this because, you know, it's, it's strange because Naruto is a blue-eyed, white-haired, like, boy. Like, I mean, a blue-eyed, blonde-haired boy. And it's a very, like, when you look at the world of Naruto, it is very diverse, like, but can also be interpreted certain ways. So that's something that I, I do think when you think of casting, it really can just be a wide net, but it is yeah. going to cause some issues. But, I mean, right. that's that's the thing. But you, you look... You look at Naruto and you look at his design. You can't change it too much. You, you're going to need a, a blue-eyed, spiky-haired blonde boy, uh, unfortunately. And, you know, Sasuke, you can't do the Sasuke hair because that'll look ridiculous. Like, well, you have thing, to do the Sasuke hair. You can't do the Sasuke you hair. You gotta, to. If we're going to take this, like, any seriously a, at all, you can't do the Sasuke hair. You I don't have think to. so. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm going to throw out. I'm going to throw I'm going to throw a bomb into the mix. I'm going to I'm going to recommend Michael B Jordan as Kakashi. There we go. There. We go. I mean <laughs> I think wow. Michael Dick. B Jordan should play Kakashi. I mean I true that would be, that would be I mean that would be cool awesome. if he was involved. <laughs> I wouldn't mind him as Kakashi or as as like someone who gets a lot of screen time. Kakashi would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know though. It's a big big I think Brad fan. Pitt Brad Pitt should be Kakashi. Brad oh Pitt's nuts. God. Did anybody see Brad Pitt and Dave? <laughs> Did anybody see that episode of Dave with Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt likes to get nuts, man. Like he, <laughs> no, he likes to be silly. Well, well no, it's it's Mike B. Jordan would also have to do the martial arts stuff. And I believe like That's he true. could pull off a Kakashi. Oh, oh yeah. Nuts. Yeah, like that. Brad, that's the Brad other thing. Pitt. Brad Pitt that, as a Ruchimaru. No, that's oh. uh, that's no. the thing All with right. the casting right. too, right? Evan down on the no, no. That's the, that's the thing with the the casting too. Is that you know you're gonna need actors you know like Avatar who do their who can do the martial arts and who can do the stunts. Mm-hmm it's going to be a Shang-Chi situation where you need a star that can do all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. that, that all goes back to the question of when do you place it? What age of a, you know, what age of a lead are you going to need? What, what story are you going to tell? Is it mm-hmm. an original story? Is mm-hmm. it going to go the route of, you know, I, I like adapting the the Zabuza fight, like because like Megan said, that that could be a good enclosed arc. Because unfortunately, what Kofi was saying about like the whole Naruto and his character arc in general, that doesn't get paid off for years. It's literally literally like, fo- decades. Like, yeah, it's the focus <laughs> of the series, so you can't really pay that off in a movie well enough. Like it's it's yeah. going to feel incomplete regardless. But if you choose the right spot, if you choose the right thing to adapt and there are enough things, then it'll work. But once again, all the issues of like, where's this character? Where's this character? Where's Orochimaru? Yada, yada, yada. (laughs) Right. It's going to take a lot of love and it's going to have to, I think, ultimately, as we're winding down this conversation, you know, in, in, in terms of discussing what does this film have to do? 
right in order to authentically tackle Naruto. It's really going to need to look at what One Piece did, and it's going to have to keep that creator involved. It's going to have to bring together a massive net of people, not just Cretton, who are huge fans of Naruto. So many fandom personalities and, you know, people who've, you know, tweeted and blogged about One Piece for years to decades were asked to help in parts of the One Piece production behind the scenes. You know, that's what they're going to have to do for Naruto. They're going to have to go to people and have big kind of think tank discussions on how do we best blend together a series so iconic, so complicated, you know, that that has such breadth to it to kind of get a good entry place and to encapsulate it into a film, you know, when when you know 10 years ago when i was writing about all this kind of anime stuff i would have said there's no way that this could be done and you know i'm sure you could go back to some of those articles i wrote 10 years ago and they would say this can't be done um but you know one piece has really kind of changed and shifted a lot of those positions and you know even avatar that just came out you know alita battle angel you know looking at some of these adaptations that have been making these strides it is absolutely 100% possible to do a successful adaptation of Naruto in live action, whether it be film or television. It is just going to have to go through such intense yet loving kind of scrutiny to get mm, to get to yeah. that point. Uh, it's not going to be easy. Uh, I, I wish uh, Destin Daniel Critton all the luck if he needs to bounce any ideas off of me. Find me on Twitter. <laughs> final, I'm very uh, excited. Final question for me for the panel here. Are yes. we getting this or the My Hero Academia movie first? Oh my God. I don't even want to talk to Or the One Punch Man or the One Punch Man movie. Because I'm yes. online. I mean, let's, yeah, I mean, let's be real. There's so many live action <laughs> anime adaptations floating around in Hollywood right now. Can't even can't even list them all at this point. You know, Pokemon's uh, in there somewhere. I'm not going to be surprised if Digimon pops up in a little bit. I mean, it's just everywhere. I think One Punch Man is the safest to go with right now. Like a good superhero satire, some anime vibes. Just put the safe money down, Hollywood. Just get yourself a little bit. <laughs> That's a Let's really money easy get Ryan story. Reynolds to play Saitama and we're fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's a really easy story to summarize in a two hour movie. I'd yeah. Well, I uh, Naruto, not so Naruto. much. Yeah. Naruto yeah. is oh. hard. But you know what? I'm excited. I I obviously I I man, I've watched this show for as long as I can remember. So I am I'm I'm, I'm very into it. All right. That'll do it for our discussion on Anime Initiative today. If you are just getting into our show because of this anime segment, make sure you check out Quick Save every week, our gaming segment where we deep, ah, where we dip into the biggest gaming news of the week, plus recaps of the current season of Halo on Paramount+. Plus. And you can check out the regular Comic Book Nation show live every Friday where we discuss everything from the week in geek culture and point you to all these directions where you can get these more specific discussions like our breakdown of Avatar The Last Airbender. I want to thank Megan, Evan, and Nick for joining me again. And uh, as always, guys, bring in all the expertise you guys bring to the table. It's uh, it's much appreciated so we don't get flamed out here by the anime fandom. Um <laughs> <laughs> this is Comic Book Nation. I am Kofi Outlaw, and we are going to get out of here. Be sure to follow us all on socials. Peace.